Hey, I'm Paul. And I'm Christian. Welcome to I'm Dying to Tell You, inspiration shared by our mom who is dying from ALS. There is no cure for our mom or anyone else with ALS. But right now, she's on a mission to find and share stories of inspiration. Coming to you from Cincinnati, Ohio, we're happy to introduce the one lady we've both loved since the first day we laid eyes on her. The queen of the queen city, our mom, your host, Lori. Hi, I'm Lori, your host of I'm Dying to Tell You. Thank you so much for being here. I think you're really going to enjoy today's episode. So I met a couple and found out that they have a special podcast. It is called The Couple Shift. And I started listening to it and it really triggered some things within me. Most importantly, it got me thinking about how important it is to focus on couplehood and reminded me of how crucial it is to a healthy relationship, especially when things get hard, to make your relationship a priority and I'm telling you, my guest today, Maria Alejandra and Julian Rodriguez do this really, really well. Maria Alejandra, or M.A., and her husband, Julian, who also goes by Jules, are a young couple with a beautiful young boy who share their life through the podcast, not only about their different shifts in life, starting their own business, raising a son, but also living with ALS, a terminal illness that has no cure, which Jules is currently living with. They provide some pretty good insights and things they've learned about navigating couplehood, especially when life is hard. I'm super excited to introduce you to M.A. and Jules Rodriguez. Let's go to our chat. Thank you guys already for being here. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Our pleasure. Thank you so much for the invitation. Yeah, no, I um, I connected with you and then I checked out your podcast and The Couple Shift. I love how you guys are making your relationship a priority during all of the madness that you're going through. I mean, A, it's hard to do that anyway. And I'm older than you. I've been married 33 years. <laughs> and, wow. uh, you know, so I know that. Then when you have stuff that is happening, that is quite the distraction of everyday life. It's so much harder to do that. So I appreciate what you guys are doing. And I thought, you know what, let's share this with the audience, because no matter what you're going through, or if your life is as rosy as can be, this is inspiring to everyone. So yeah, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Because we are talking about the couple shift podcast. Why don't we back up and hear how you guys became a couple? 
I met uh, M.A. at her birthday party yeah. at a karaoke bar. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, it was fun. Um, was awesome. And it was one of those things. It was one of those nights that I remember where a buddy of mine was like, oh, we're going out here. You know, we're going to this karaoke bar. It's a friend of mine's birthday I work with, you know, come out. And I really wasn't feeling it like, ah, I don't want to do that. And then I ended up, all right, fine, screw it. I'll and the rest is history. And that point, I, we barely even spoke that night until the, you know, we danced and we sang and whatever. And, and at the end of the night, I finally had the courage to, to ask her for her number. And then we went from there. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Happy birthday to you. <laughs> Seriously. Life-changing birthday. It was amazing. Aww. Amazing. Yeah. yeah. So that was it. After that, you just kept in touch and kept it rolling. We, we started dating. It was interesting at first we yeah. had i felt like in the beginning of our relationship we were feeling each other out and we even got to a point where to be honest it, it got a little we got a, we got in a little bit of a i wouldn't say a rough spot but we we, we butted heads mm -hmm. i guess you would say i don't it, remember that as dramatically as you do for it, whatever reason i remember it i remember <laughs> They were I'm like, well, bit... you know, like couples, like couples getting to know each other. Yeah, it's just couples getting to know each other. But it, it, after a couple of months, it, it, there was a little bit of a, of life. The reason why I mentioned is I think it was very important for us because we I feel like we got to it. We got on the same page and it was good for us. It wasn't something like we just we didn't hold on to these hidden frustrations with each other. We worked things out. Mm -hmm. Um and ever since then, it, it's been amazing. You know, we've been able to I, I, I feel that it was very important for us to handle the, mm -hmm. the difficulties in the beginning of the relationship, because, mm. well, as you've learned from listening to our podcast mm. of my diagnosis and everything, we've been able to handle a lot of things because of, we've been always been pretty good communicators with each other and getting, mm -hmm. you know, our point across with each other, if we're frustrated with each other or whatever the case, how we feel because yeah. Yeah. communication is so important. So yeah. Awesome. Yeah. How many I am 37. I'm 41. Yeah. <laughs> We met, well, it was my 30th birthday. It was, yeah, it was her oh, 30th birthday. Okay. I, was, I was 25 and she yeah. was 30. <laughs> okay. So, Nothing wrong with that. Um, <laughs> and I didn't find out his age until our first date. Yeah. Right? And it was, so, it was our it first, was, yeah. it was our first date. And you were like, like so oh. how old do you think I am? <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> really? Oh. Uh, yes. Yeah. It'll be nine years of marriage this December and 11, you know, 11 years since we've known each yeah. other, which feels longer in a, in a good way. In a good way. Yeah. Yeah. When we yeah. met for me, it felt like one of those, like we knew each other from before type of thing. It was really, yeah, nice. I felt we would relationships, like bumpy were relationships, bumpy relationships before. before yeah. So it was almost like we get each other yeah. in that sense. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's really true when you say, when they say that those previous relationships really help you know what you want, what you deserve, you know, and, and what you need. Yes. Mm -hmm. I just want to understand a little bit about your background as far as mm -hmm. I know that Jules, you're a teacher. Yeah, I was. Yeah. And May, you were in a in the corporate world mm -hmm. and you decided to make a change and then make a change together to become entrepreneurs. So mm -hmm. you want to just tell me a little bit? About yeah. So I was in I was in corporate basically from the time I graduated college all the way through February 2018. I was laid off, a bunch of company layoffs. I had already really fantasized about the idea of working on my own and creating something for myself. And that felt like 
sort of the cake that, that the universe was giving me via a really, you know, harsh thing just getting laid off, you know, turned our life upside down in a lot of ways. Oh yeah. Um, but I knew like this was an opportunity and discussed it with him. And uh, we gave ourselves a chance for me to start building a business coaching and guiding other people. At first, I thought I would be guiding other women in corporate. And eventually I drew a lot of a lot of women who are on the entrepreneurial path and want to express themselves, want to create things, whether it's books, podcasts, businesses, et cetera. And so that became my business. And as it was starting to grow, I had a feeling a lot of it was even very intuitively that I said, you know, I wanted to create a way for us to get out of the rat race and, you know, build something, a a lifestyle that allowed us to spend more time together, certainly more time with our son. And so I told, and he was having a really hard time uh, at school that last year that he was. Well, yeah. Well, actually, I mean, you had started your business already. Yeah. 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 And then I was still working and yeah, um, I was still teaching and I was having, like, like you said, it was a pretty difficult year. And at the end of that year, I remember you were just like, I don't want you going back there. Yeah. And so the starting of the entrepreneurship was kickstarted in the sense because mm-hmm. of the layoff, mm-hmm. right? It was. Yeah. A- so I, I started and then I slowly but surely brought him kind of into the vision of what was possible because of course it required a lot of changes and more mm-hmm. uncertainty and more unknowns in our life than what you have when you have regular jobs, right? Yeah. That's like, oh yeah. to be honest, I look back at all those decisions. And I say, wow, like we were really preparing in so many ways, the terrain for what we didn't know was coming, obviously, but we were setting up the path for a life that we have now that allows me to be with him all day and allows us to spend time together as a family, allow, you know, precious time with our son allows us time to travel. Um, and I mean, it's priceless. I can't imagine what we would have felt like we would have lost out on had it not been the case. And also before he, we received his diagnosis, we had spent about a year that he was out of school and we had a lot of time to spend together. Like we would send our son to school and then we would work on the podcast or we would go to the golf driving range or we would go to the movies in the middle of the day or we would just, yeah, we got to that. And that was the other thing is that we started the podcast, not because of my diagnosis, that that shift shift Mm -hmm. in just our, our lives of doing our own business or working together and things like that. That was, that was the essence of it. Um, and then it turned into what, what it has continually shifting. (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Jules, because I talk to a lot of people that do have ALS and yeah. although, you know, we're talking about relationships and things that are applicable to everyone today, can you just paint a little picture of what ALS looks like on you today? Well, it keeps evolving. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the things that uh, I discuss with like uh, with my therapist is that it's I go through the stages of of, um, the, of grief, denial, whatever, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And I think I'm able to an acceptance and, but then it comes back again. It's, it's cyclical because something else happens. So right now, what, what ALS has affected my upper body extremities first, Mm -hmm. I I already feel it in my legs as well. I'm, uh, I'm using a wheelchair, a power wheelchair more often than not. The way I describe it for me is, uh, or to others, I'm sorry, is 
I'm a race car driver stuck in a, a beat up Pinto that keeps falling apart <laughs> is what I feel like. Mm-hmm. You know how some people say, um, but they always say, oh, the car's running, but there's no one behind the wheel. Mm-hmm. Well, for me, I feel like there's a person behind the wheel losing his mind because the car is not running right. Yeah. And yeah. so I, I'm going through that. And, you know, it's, it's very frustrating, as you know, mm-hmm. um, just every day, maybe something new comes up where I'm like, well, now I can't do this or this is the case, you know? Yeah. Um, and the difficulties of family and friends sometimes it's not understanding or not getting it, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I know because I've had ALS for 17 years, I have met a lot of people with ALS and I know firsthand that the relationship that they're in when they're diagnosed doesn't always last. It's like a lot of things within a marriage. It's a strain and it can be a strain. Sometimes the person with ALS ends up alone or without their partner. I mean, yeah, you know, I'm so lucky that my husband is amazing. And um, me too. Yeah. So can't even imagine. So I'm sure you feel as lucky as I do. Absolutely. One of the things I'm sure you've experienced that if, uh, if she, uh, if she stepped out because she went to go well, when you did your hair for the first time. And, um, one of the, it was one time that she did her hair that took a very long time. Uh-huh. Um, I, <laughs> it was the first time I ever felt scared in the sense of like, I, you know, it was so long for me to be here without her support. Yeah. Um, and anytime that she steps away, it's, it's scary, you know, mm-hmm. it, it can be scary just to be alone mm-hmm. and worried of what could happen. Yeah. 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 Cause I, I rely on her so much. Yeah. Oh, I love your big heart for her. You can really see that. Let's talk about the podcast. I'm going to play the intro to your podcast, the couple mm-hmm. shift. Hello, friends. Welcome to The Couple Shift. I'm Maria Leandra. And I'm Jules. And we are a husband and wife team on a mission to shift the way we live our lives and co-create what really matters. We don't always agree, but together we're figuring it out. Thank you for joining us. We're so glad you're here. How you say we're a husband and wife team on a mission to shift the way we live our lives Tell me about the shifts. What immediate shifts happened when Jules was diagnosed or, you know, when you had Skylar or like, tell me about those immediate shifts that you're referencing. Well, I think the first immediate shift was we were around each other a lot more. Uh Yes. Um, And this is even before the diagnosis (laughs) and everything else, um, because where she worked, it was. Well, I was already gone in the morning because I would get to work like at six or so, but she would get to work oh, at 9.30, 10 o'clock yeah. in the morning. But then you would get home sometimes, a lot of the time, 7.30, 8 o'clock at night. Mm-hmm. So we really weren't around each other that much. So the biggest shift was, <laughs> oh, you're here. Oh, <laughs> oh hi. Oh. All day, every day. Oh. In my face. <laughs> in my face. <laughs> yeah. And I think a lot of people experience that with COVID, like, Oh yes. my God. Yes. I mean, and here's the, yeah, no. And here's the thing. And I remember thinking this in, during COVID and about our life is that we had already, again, you think back at all the points that prepared us for navigating the whole spectrum of the journey, because 
we had our training wheels around being with each other, getting really yeah. annoyed at times about like, sometimes it was like, oh my God, this is great. And other times it was like, please just like walk away. I need space. <laughs> and yeah. we, we kind of like, we went through those growing pains early on when he left, you know, when he, we chose that he would leave his job. So we had a chance yeah. to move through that. And then by the time COVID hit here in the U S like the lockdown started and he got not the official or, you know, the diagnosis or, but the first visit to a neurologist of like, Hey, this is possibly this is, what yeah. we're looking at mm -hmm. was the same day that our son's school was out like that Monday when most oh, yeah. schools, at least here in Florida were, were closing. That was that day. So we were literally like lockdown and this new whole ALS thing at the same time. Mm. And because we'd already had the opportunity to be together, it was just like, okay. it flowed. Yeah. Like yeah. We had actually, I think it was a really beautiful time. Like I find those first few months were so precious because yeah. we were able to be together to not be at each other's throat. Like we really enjoyed that time with very little cabin fever. Mm. Right. Like for the most part, it yeah. Was, yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, yeah. I always had our moments, yeah. but that, that shift he's talking about, it's so true. You know, the ALS, the person who's suffering from ALS and their caregiver become this like unit. And we also get to respect each other's boundaries around our emotions, our space, our, you know, spirits, our everything. But it made it that much easier to fall into this situation because we actually get along really well. And our intimacy in terms of our intimate space together is really, really fruitful. Uh, it's beautiful for me to be able to be with him for everything that he needs. And I also get to be very clear on my own boundaries and my space to replenish myself yeah. so that I can give more of me yeah. to him and to our family. But the closeness we have is it's very unique as you, as you know, with your, yeah. with your husband, mm -hmm. that it's like a whole other dynamic to the relationship. Yeah. You also say, you know, on a mission to shift the way we live our lives and co-create what really matters, what really matters. And I don't know, I feel like everyone's like, yeah, I, you know, we know what matters. We know what matters. But is there something that just kind of hit you on the head that you realized after the big shift, after the diagnosis that said, OK, I see this clearly now? It's uh, what really matters is time. Yeah. What really matters is time together. Yeah. Uh, materialistic things are, they'll, you know, erode away and disappear mm -hmm. and forgotten. But the time that you share together is so vital. Mm -hmm. um, we're still growing in, in the fact of reducing the stuff that we have. Mm -hmm. That reminds me. I wrote down something that you said, Jules. You said in an interview, I caught this. You said, we are living a life of moments. Love that. Yeah. 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 It's, it's what it is. That's, that's what counts. That's how we, we try to take our day by day, you yeah. know, to be honest. And I feel like people that are either going through something similar to what we're going through with ALS, um, it doesn't matter. They, they understand that. But if you're really, if you're not, if you're just going by your day by day, you know, Monday through Friday job, the nine to five or whatever, just cycling. Oh, I got, I can't wait to, you're not living in the moment. You're just almost like a, a robot. And what are you doing? <laughs> like what's filling that void that, that really matters, you know? Yeah. 
Yeah. So. And I always say that I feel like when you are living with a terminal illness, it's a gift in a way that you can see things differently and more clearly such as that. And yeah. all of a sudden you say, oh, I wish this person could have that insight without having yeah. a major illness, you know, or yeah. something like that, because what a gift to realize that. Yeah. And I think, you know, your young parents and Skylar, he's five. Is that one of the gifts, one of the things that you wish you can just magically instill in him? Yeah. Yeah. And going back to actually what you were asking about the title, about the things that were shifting, mm -hmm. that's one thing that we're constantly growing and learning to deal with because we're both adults, but my son doesn't understand why his dad is going through the things he's going through or why he can't Mm -hmm. play with him and certain like other dads play with. And it's the the growing pain of trying to help him. I don't want to say trying to help him understand because he's five years old. Right, he, right. It's difficult, mm -hmm. but having that space to letting him know that we're here for him and we understand that uh, we can see that he doesn't understand why I'm going through this, mm -hmm. but we're here with him and we love him and, mm -hmm. you know, we're going to do to make his life yeah. as most enjoyable as it can be. That's a huge, beautiful point. And Skylar, you know, to me, he's he's a very wise little soul in a tiny body. And I think he has a way of understanding with his language and his way in this moment in time. He has a way of seeing what's happening. And at the same time, like Joel says, how do we, you know, how do you articulate everything he would, let's say he would like to do with his dad that he may not be able to do or the changes he sees, et cetera. But I think that Skylar is also growing up to your point about instilling that in him. He is growing up in a world that is going to make him such a unique human being in terms of the love, the care, the openness that he has. Mm -hmm. um, the other day when we were actually flying back from Puerto Rico, he has this little game on his iPad where you build a little character to play around. And he built a little character and he put him in a wheelchair. And I looked at Jules and I said, look at this. And I didn't even, I took a picture and I let him keep doing his thing. And I said, if it hadn't been because Jules is modeling for him that this is part of life, right? This is now part of his world. He gets to live in a world with us where, I mean, imagine the doors that that opens in your little mind. And one of the things that Jules and I hold most precious, I know individually in our own way and as a couple, is how do we navigate through this hardest thing ever that we could navigate through? And let me tell you, while holding space yeah. and energy mm -hmm. for Skylar to have a life that feels it doesn't even it doesn't we never are like, oh, like, let's go on like normal. No, like we this is our life. So we get to live the, this yeah. life. And also, how do we continue? to offer him the experiences, of course, make the memories together and going back to the shifts, you know, the shift, the shift and the other shift, the yeah. next shift that yeah. we've been on for the past three years. Mm -hmm. I feel so proud of us mm -hmm. for having the courage to make changes and decisions along the way mm -hmm. that ultimately bring us to what matters most, which is being here in the moment. Mm -hmm. And when we recorded that intro, what matters most is like, oh yeah, we want time together. We want to have time to travel. We want to build our own, our own life. You know, the kind of aspirations that you have as an entrepreneur and 
Yeah. Of course, little did we know that now this radical notion of how precious every moment is mm-hmm. like, you can't experience that unless you are in this space. And, and like you said, I wish I could bottle this up and give it to other people as a gift mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. to have a glimpse of what it feels like to see how priceless life is mm-hmm. for real. Yeah. Like not a cliche, right. Yeah. like, no, no, really seriously. Yeah. Like when I tell you, and that you have no guarantees. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This could happen to like anybody. Your life is happening right here, right now in every single small little moment and every look your child gives you and every like glance you can give your, your partner and to not be able to savor that. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it happens fast. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And trust, yes. trust me at 56 and 17 years later, it happens yeah. fast, fast, yeah. fast, fast. So you also mentioned in the intro that you don't always agree, uh, but you're figuring it out. And I think if someone was to chime into your podcast, they were like, I think they would say, oh, they're just one of those couples that gets along. They're just one of those couples that no. always gets along. Um, no. Um, <laughs> you know, and like, okay, that's them. That's not us. So mm-hmm. what are you still figuring out? When isn't that? Oh, like, God, is I don't think we ever... <laughs> I think a good relationship is you never completely figure um, anything out because always the news coming. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we yeah we fight, we get frustrated. We're still figuring out how to mm-hmm. how to work with our son. Yeah, um, yeah. And, and that dynamic and understanding that and what he's going through, yeah. and also the fact that I think you can you can agree with it. it um, with this ALS has it's tested my patience on a lot of things that I'm just I can get very frustrated like just trying to use my phone or look at something and I'm just having difficulty or I have neck pain or stress in my shoulders, which happens every day or my back or whatever the case. Yeah, I'm always in a lot of pain. And so you're on a hair trigger's edge sometimes where you're just like, don't talk to me. I'm pissed off. Mm-hmm. You know? oh, and yeah. and it, it's trying to, you know, work through those things and we're, and, and also on my wife's side, she can be impatient. She can, not impatient. Sorry. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you can be a patient. Sure. Uh, I have a lot. I have a lot of patience. She has a lot of patience, but I do. there's times and she, also, and also, she can snap at me. I totally lose my SHIT. Yeah, yeah. So I know. You know, because whatever the case, and it may not even be my fault, or probably yeah. it is. But but um, the thing is, what we make sure that we do is that we communicate with each other. Mm. Yeah, we communicate those frustrations with each other. Sometimes it can be hard. Yeah. Sometimes we're able to communicate when the moment happens. Sometimes we bottle it up for a little bit mm-hmm. and then it blows up later. Right. But the key thing is that we do is that we always find a way to come and talk to each other about it after mm. the way our therapist says it. My wife is looking in the clouds and I'm always looking at the floor to make sure that she doesn't trip over a pebble, a pebble mm-hmm. or a rock. You and I have always said like, always I'm the sails of the ship and he's oh, the yeah. anchor, like in a yeah, good way, yeah. we balance yeah. each other we out. Balance like, each other out. I'm the, I'm the visionary. I'm the one that's like, you know, let's, what, what do we do and what do we create? And yeah. I'm a big thinker and Jules, more I'm worried about the practical. trash, the trash comes tomorrow. I need right. to get the trash out. <laughs> and like, so, like that. Oh yeah. So, I mean, the communication has been paramount. And I think one of the things that, you know, we've become more and more vulnerable with each other yeah. in our communication and also catching and sharing things 
more in the moment as they're happening rather than, because I, for example, used to be someone who would absolutely bottle things up Mm -hmm. for a while Mm -hmm. and then they would explode. Mm -hmm. And so I've learned more and more and we, you know, have practiced this just in life, how to share with each other in the moment, Mm -hmm. what I'm, what each of us is experiencing, whether it's, I express it to him or we ask each other, you know, what are you experiencing right now to vocalize it? And that also helps to really like diminish the pressure that might be built in that moment, because the less time that we spend in any kind of argument, the better, right? Um, like every moment is so precious yeah. and we know how to give each other some space and, and breath, but the idea of communicating more proactively, I guess, yeah, is one that I'm proud of us. For, I'm a, I'm for a firm be- believer. Yeah. A healthy relationship has a lot of fights in it. <laughs> no, yeah, I think you're right. Because oh my you, gosh. You have yeah. To. yeah. My husband is exactly what you're saying. Like he's the, he's the one that will not say a word, not say anything until like three days later. And then like, ah! I'm like, what yeah. the heck? And I had to remember like, what are you talking about? Like that was so long ago. I don't even remember, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. uh, but you know, kind of the same roles, but yeah, I like that. So, you know, to communicate and on the spot and try to do it sooner rather than later. Cause yeah, you don't have time. You don't have time to yeah. be pissed off for two days, you know, when yeah. you could have been doing this or that instead of yeah. being pissy. And when it comes to something like as, as huge as ALS or anything else that has, it impacts your relationship. Mm-hmm. One of the things I sit with a lot is it's so easy to allow that thing to cut a wedge between us. And the frustration is not do obviously he's not doing it. I'm not doing it right. In that, in that case, like it's this wedge in between us. Mm -hmm. And so I'm become more and more conscious of separating that thing, right. That is ever present. Mm -hmm. doesn't go away. It's ever present in every moment. Mm -hmm. Um, how to not let that, like allow that to drive this potential wedge between us. Mm -hmm. Because I love my husband more than words could ever say. Like I am so in love with this man. I I get more, like I fall more and more in love with him every day. Mm -hmm. And it's like, wow, like how can that thing tarnish that, how I feel about him? Yeah. Um, Because of the inherent, pressures and frustrations that come with navigating this kind of life. So just for me, at least to be conscious of that Mm -hmm. is really powerful, like separating it a little bit from us. Yeah. I like that. Emma, as a caregiver to your husband, can you tell me about like, and, and Jules, I've heard you say this, you know, you ask her to do something might not be the right time. And I feel like I'm always, always, <laughs> if my husband's here, I'm asking him for help and I don't, you know, plan on it. But if I go out to make a smoothie, can't open the cap to the almond milk, can't open the fruit, you know, like it's, it's like 10 questions to make a smoothie. And I feel like yeah. sometimes he sees me <laughs> as an annoying child. Well, both of you, you know, how do you deal with that or that kind of like shift in identity or mm-hmm. you know what I mean? 
um, it's a loss of independence. Yeah. And um, I used to cook. Mm-hmm. I would make the coffee all the time. Mm-hmm. I would do the laundry, do laundry, mop the floors, mop the floors, <laughs> clean the house. Yeah. I would do all those things. At times she's gotten mad at me because I still try to do some little things. Mm-hmm. You know, you hold on to the things you're still trying. Like I said, going back to the analogy of a race car driver and a beat up car, mm-hmm. you're still going to try to push yeah. it as much as you can. And I feel very protective of him. And then I yeah. kind of have to like, okay, I but, allow, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it's one of those things that I guess one of the more important things about our communication is she, she can see that I can't do those things. And at first it started out as, honey, I need help with this. Honey, I need help with this. I need help with this. And now it's almost like, it's like second nature that she comes mm-hmm. in the morning. She makes it, makes me coffee. She gives me my pills that I need to take, et cetera, et cetera. The only thing that, that I've always found hard for her or difficult in the sense of like, I always asking is Uh-oh. combing my hair. Oh, um, I've learned how to do it a lot better, babe. Uh, you got to admit. She's gotten better at it, but, but you know what I mean? It's oh, I know hair. what you mean. Yeah. Oh, and then yeah. the other thing is shaving. Mm-hmm. I can barely do it. And I, and I still try to do it. As a matter of fact, I did it today, uh, like, uh, you know, on my cheeks and stuff. And um, it was very difficult. It's very painstaking to do. I'm exhausted afterwards. Mm. I do it because, well, sometimes I also, like you said, you like, you feel bad asking constantly for stuff. It's a combination of me feeling bad asking for, because I always feel like I'm asking at the wrong time. Mm -hmm. And then at the same time, I also do it because I'm like, no, I want to do this. This It's my damn face. I want to shave my face. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But we've gotten into a groove in the sense um, she knows the things that I can't do. And it, it isn't perfect at times. Sometimes I'll be sitting yeah. there and I'll be like, when's that cup of water that she's going to bring me? And I feel like I don't want to ask because she's already dealing with a lot. Because right. it's not only just there's the other dynamic of the fact that my son sees this. Yeah. And, and it's like, well, why is mommy giving daddy all the stuff and yeah. giving this? I want her to feed me, even though obviously he can do it himself. Oh. And, yeah. So it's an interesting dynamic of working out of that too. Yeah. Yeah. I, I've always compared it to use the metaphor of like a dance, like I'm on the dance floor mm-hmm. and the music is playing and it's sort of like, I have, to, I keep this tempo of the things that I'm doing throughout the day, weaving all the things together, uh, taking care of him, helping him with what he needs with Skylar. We have our, our you know, dog as well and whatever she needs. And then, the business and all the other things that are moving through my brain. And so when it comes to caregiving, a lot of patience with each other. Um, Jules is also someone to his, his credit that he is, has never been too proud to receive help. I think that yeah. would have made it significantly harder. And I remember thinking earlier on, my goodness, like what will happen when fill in the blank, you know, and as you think about potential things in the future, And as those things inevitably started to happen, you know, uh, the loss of his ability to do this or do that, I've come into that moment and it's sort of like, okay, deep breath. And here we are. And I, I see my role as someone who's an extension of him to care for him and help him live his life the fullest that we can. And also just hold the space for the energy of what we're moving through, holding the space so that we feel a sense of peace, love. We feel a sense of expansion as our life continues to change so rapidly. I see my role here as like very sacred. Like I was, we were brought together so that I could help him through this and he could help me. And I see 
I see him and I see a warrior and he inspires me every day. And it's, it's what we've got. So we're like, we're doing it. Yeah. Do you guys have anything like a little something that you always come back to? Like, I'll just give you an example. So my husband and I, we get in this Mexican restaurant because they have really good margaritas and they're really strong. So if you have, if you have, <laughs> oh, I love me a good margarita, yeah, Lori. So if you have one little one, you're little Luffy, <laughs> or in my case, really Luffy. And if we have a bad day, we're like Acapulco. And if we have a really good day, we're like celebrate it, Acapulco. You know, <laughs> you know, it's just it's just like a little place, but it's you know kind of like one of our things. You know, that yeah. is just no big deal. You know, but it's like Acapulco. Okay, is it good or is it bad? You know, what what are we doing here? Um, yeah. you know, do, you guys, do you guys have anything like that that you always come back to that is a symbol of your relationship or, you know, you two as one? I would say something that we do every day together is drink coffee. Okay. Yeah, it's our coffee. And it's like one of those moments where we get to stop. It's the first thing I have in the morning and Mm -hmm. we get to stop. And, you know, sometimes I could, you know, drink it myself, but a lot more times now, especially um, she's she's giving it to me. But it's those moments that we get to that I get to. I look forward to and I really appreciate and things kind of like stop around us where we don't have to think about those things and just enjoy our coffee. Yeah. I would say too, something that we don't get to do. We haven't done as often mm-hmm. is just to go to a movie, mm-hmm. just to go, to, mm-hmm. you know, just, just yeah. to go to a movie. Yeah. yeah but that's such a beautiful, a such a beautiful question. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would say also, I think, um, doing our podcasts, Feel but like there's it's... something about doing the podcast that has been, I think, really healing for us from the beginning of this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's something else that came to mind. That's more sporadic, but sure. it feels like a moment in time that is really, really, you know, really beautiful. You've re-inspired us, Lori, yeah. to get back on the podcast horse. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, it. no. And it's so enjoyable. And I think that, you know, like the coffee, the movie, and we love same, same going to the movies. I feel like it's just that in that time, in that moment, your heads, you're they're focusing on the same thing, like just. Yes. And so the podcast, I think for you guys, it's like that same thing. You're in the same exact space, you know, because yes. even when you're having dinner and things come up or a phone call comes in or a text comes in or this or that. So the movies for us, I feel like it's, it's different than watching a movie at home. When you, yeah. go, yes. when you go to the movies, it's we yeah. are in that exact same space. And I think for you guys, the coffee, the movies, the podcast, same kind of thing. Yes. You know? There's like a focus and, and a a focus no distractions. On, yeah. That's yeah. very true. Yeah. 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 The things that, that are, you know, the daily struggles and difficulties and frustrations kind of disappear for a moment. And I think that's the, I think that's the main thing where we're, we're not thinking about it's a moment of peace between us that we get to experience, you know, a pause in life. I feel. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm going to just interrupt here and say to my listeners, I have mentioned their podcast, the couple shift a few times and know that I will put a link in the show notes that you can find on Facebook and the website 
both at I'm Dying to Tell You podcast so that you can listen to and it also links to get connected to this beautiful couple as well. So, okay. All right. Do, Thank you. Do you guys have anything else that, you know, you want to share as far as a tip, advice to a couple going through a difficult time? You know, maybe something that you wish you would have known or something that is really banging on the head right now, like, oh, so important. It's the honesty. I know it sounds cliche, but at the same time, the hard truths are important. And I think um, being honest with each other, even, you know, okay, I'm dealing with this. It doesn't mean that I get a get out of jail free card. I can be a pre an ass. You know, I can be I can be unfair to her. I can be, you know, just whatever. And I think in a relationship, if someone's going through something difficult, you almost, you may be like, Oh, but you know, he's going through this or she's going through this. So I just have to let it pass. No, yeah. no, you shouldn't let it pass. You should communicate with each mm-hmm. other. You should talk to each other. You should have those fights if you need to, because mm-hmm. what ends up happening is if you, if you keep silent like that over time, mm-hmm. it can erupt into something much larger or may never be able to, to repair those things. So mm-hmm. the, communicating with each other and being honest with each other from the beginning, from the get-go and telling yeah. like a, how it is, is very important. Yeah, yeah. Like I, I, even this morning we had an instance, um, yeah. we were clearing out uh, one of the closets in the house as we're preparing for a move. And he, I could tell from this morning, he was having like, you know, really a, a rough time, like emotionally and with anxiety and everything. So we started this endeavor and there was a point where I said, you know, getting a little like uh, really extra frustrated in a moment, which of course I'm all the time balancing with understanding what he's going through. And so there's so many layers to this, but I stopped and I said, should we take a break? Look at how what it's causing in me. Like I'm feeling compromised right now. Should we take a break and take it back later? Mm. And he said, no, no, no. And I said, no, honey, look at me and hear me. Mm. And he did. And it goes both ways. This is an example where this happened for me, it also happens to him where it's just like, but that pause today. And I said, should we continue? Should we? And we pause and he said, okay, no, let's keep going. And it just kind of recalibrates the moment a little bit so that we feel seen. I think that so much of what we're suffering in suffering with Mm -hmm. is not feeling seen as not feeling witnessed Mm -hmm. truly by other people Mm -hmm. constantly just putting things under the rug. That's what we've become experts in in this lifetime. So undoing all of that mm-hmm. is really powerful work. And we've been doing that together, uh-huh. individually and together. Yeah. And yeah. so it's it puts you up against all. all the triggers of all the things. But wow, like in that moment, you become like the that's the love that's real mm-hmm. because then you're not kind of like pretending or you're not, putting like a bandaid over something, you're really showing each other mm-hmm. who you mm-hmm. are mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. where you're getting triggered. Earlier, we were talking about things we've learned and you even mentioned, babe, the idea of therapy. So mm-hmm. yes, it's one of those things when you first, when you first get diagnosed, I felt um, it's not just the physical therapy or the occupational therapy or speech pathologist or whatever the case. It's also 
are you seeing a therapist for your, your head? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and I'm sure many people were like, I don't need to see that. And it's like, no, you really do. And it's probably one of the more important aspects mm-hmm. than anything else. Yep, absolutely. And we're lucky enough that we work with the same person individually, which is rarely the case and yeah. doesn't have to be the case. Um, and then we also come together as a couple to work with him. And that's something that we discussed with this therapist from the beginning. And he's been invaluable for us. Yes. But I, and I also credit Jules to being open from the beginning, because this is something that's very much a part of my world in terms of coaching, therapy, yeah. spiritual support. You know, that's yeah. it's the language yeah. I speak with yeah. him when Not I so first, <laughs> when I first mentioned it. He sat in front of, I remember the day when you were going to sit with this, with this particular person with Tom. And it was like, just like rumbling under his breath. Like, well, she wants me to do this. And literally, I remember you saying like, well, my wife said I should talk to you. So here I am. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And, but Hey, you know, he's trust Jules has trusted me with a lot of stuff like that. (laughs) And, but again, he hasn't put up walls of resistance so much that then he denies himself the support. I love that. And so you guys have been amazing. Thank you so much. Of course. Before I let you go, M.A., what are you dying to tell us? I'm dying to tell you that love really is the miracle we've all keep waiting for. Mm -hmm. And that love and hope are not energies to like aspire to have, I think we have this understanding that they're kind of like outside of us. Mm -hmm. They really are this, they're like particles in the air. And if you only stop for a moment to be with yourself and be with those around you Mm -hmm. and just pause and kind of let those particles just, just come into your system symbolically, right? Mm -hmm. There's a huge shift that happens in you Mm -hmm. because Life will bring you things that you could never even fathom Mm. you could possibly move through. And early on in this journey, I realized that the love we have for each other, which goes beyond just the romantic love, right, is really the miracle. Like we pray every day and we, we set out good intentions for all the doctors and incredible people that are working to find cures and find solutions. Mm -hmm. And also this moment here. So whatever it is that you're going through, love. Mm. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Oh, I love that. Jules, what are you dying to tell us? So I kind of already mentioned a little bit of it, but I think it's, yeah. it's still it's very important. Um, mm-hmm. The less material things that you have, the happy you are. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of find it interesting as I have been losing my ability to move around literally and uh, use things, the less I have those physical things, either that being a car or things that I used to interact with on a daily basis, whatever you can think of, Mm -hmm. um, the less that we have, the the happier that you'll be. Um, Honestly, it's ever since I've been diagnosed, it's like, I want less. I want less and less and less because you just Mm -hmm. make more room for the moments. You make more room for the memories. You make more room for the things that are really important, which are mm-hmm. the strong relationships you have, you know, the relationship with my wife and my son, those are the things I want to have space for. Mm-hmm. That's been the most eye-opening thing for me. Yeah. Well, thank you both for opening up our eyes and hearts and just willingness to come back to the core, you know, to our relationship, to our other person 
especially during really difficult times. So I just can't thank you guys enough for what you're doing and being willing to share your story and your thoughts and just your everyday life with everyone. So thank you so, so much. And Lori, we thank you for having us and we celebrate what you do, the work you do. I've seen and admired you ever since I connected with you on Instagram. Mm -hmm. You are a bright light and the way you bring people together and tell stories and share is so needed, so appreciated. So it's it was an honor when I saw your message come through. I was like, oh, oh my God. <laughs> so Aww. thank you for what you do and, and uh, for seeing us for like really, you know, allowing us to speak from the heart. Well, I hope we can chat again in the future. Absolutely. You know, it's fun. Yeah. Thank you again, M.A. and Jules. And to my listeners, I hope you enjoyed this as much as I did. What a good reminder to put time and energy into our relationship. I know that when things get hard, I feel like the first person that you take it out on is the one that you are around the most. And that can just escalate. So I love what M.A. and Jules represent. And I really enjoy their podcast. So like I said, I will be putting links in the show notes that you can find at I'm Dying to Tell You podcast on the website and the Facebook page, both at I'm Dying to Tell You podcast. If you like this episode and you want to hear more, I release new episodes on the second and the fourth Tuesday of each month. I would love for you to get connected with me on social media. You can find me pretty much everywhere at I'm Dying to Tell You podcast, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, and TikTok. And if you want to shoot me a private message, feel free to send me an email at I'm Dying to Tell You podcast at gmail.com. Thank you so much for being here. Until next time, know you are loved and not alone. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to our mom. Make sure to visit her website at imdyingtotellyoupodcast.com where you'll find photos and show notes about this episode. If you liked the show, please subscribe to the podcast and share it with a friend. Thank you.